1: Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlanda is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. If you haven't yet, subscribed to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Also do that while you're here. Okay, let's get into it. The number one transfer on the market, former Michigan All-American Hunter Dickinson, is no longer available. The seven one center has committed to the Kansas Jayhawks. Made a little video and everything. Once again, Bill Self as a national championship contender on paper dead leg. How good are the Kansas Jayhawks
0: now? Well, he so you, you really was. You said something there off the top. He is a former All-American. He was a consensus second-team All-American in 2021. How about that? As a freshman. Okay. It's a good get. Thoughts on his uh, commitment video? Eh. Thoughts on eh.
1: Eh, big, build, what
0: build, I big Big build up. Big build up it's for not, a big announcement. It's not. Hey, you know
1: what? Uh, it, it's maybe it's something I would have done when I was young. I did a lot of dumb things when I were young. It's not. I could have. I could have done without it, but <laughs> you know. It, but if he enjoyed it, I'm happy hey, for it.
0: Power to him. If you haven't seen yeah. it, yeah, he's 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 shooting hoops. Unknown voice on the other end. Hunter, everyone's waiting on you. And then suddenly he's in the same place as Bill. Is he in Lawrence, Kansas right now? That's what I'm kind of confused on. And then at some point he says,
1: this is the hardest thing I've ever gone through.
0: It's also the easiest. (laughs) Okay. Okay. In a a way, and we will get to the we will get to the on paper. I'll I'll answer Parrish's question. Uh, But because of Dickinson, you know, co-hosting a podcast with Barstool Sports and, uh, you know, trash talking opponents and then getting roasted by those same opponents and just being willing to basically put himself out there uh, in many ways. He has become. He is stepping into the role to, I guess, to be the biggest villain in college basketball for next season, which is probably a good thing for the sport. I said on HQ earlier on Thursday, I do think he is among the five biggest names in the sport. And now he goes to arguably the best coach in the sport at a Blue Blood program that recently won a national championship. There's a lot of good here for the visibility you know, and buzz factor in college basketball in general. We're talking about a roster move in the middle of May that is, you know, certainly spiking a little bit of interest across the sport. Um, And and otherwise would not have been the case, obviously a half decade ago. We're now a few years into this portal era, but Dickinson was the number one name. Um, It does make Kansas a national championship contender. I don't think I would go so far as to put Kansas at number one. Right now we can get into the roster, um, I guess we can get into the roster before we get into actually Dickinson and his stats and how he fits, but big picture Dickinson going, he'll start as a center. They'll have KJ Adams back who I think has immense potential to be among. I don't even know if he will qualify as a breakout player. He might, he might, how about this? I think KJ Adams could have among the biggest lifts in productivity in uh, and that we'll see in the sport next season now maybe dickens and coming will you, you're not gonna have a big jump in productivity playing I, next to I, 100 i Dickinson. still think he's got a chance i know I, I i even with dick i think it'll maybe stymie it but i still i'm i'm in on Adams's upside i am in a major way they have maybe the best pass first point guard in the sport and Dwan harris now there are two other transfers here Nick Timberlake, who's coming from Towson, a career 38% three point shooter, but he'll go up in competition. So can he, you know, can he be a 35% three point shooter for Kansas? Will and he'll either start or be the first or second guy off the bench. And then Arterio Morris, who's a bit wait and see. He obviously had a controversial go of it at Texas and was just a bit player, but now he goes, he stays in the league. He goes to Kansas. And then they have freshmen coming off the bench. Chris Johnson. Marcus Adams Jr. and then El Marco Jackson, who I think will be an All-American by the time he's a junior in college. if he winds up staying that long, could be as a sophomore. I think he will break into the starting lineup eventually. So there's a there's plenty there. We'll wait and see on how deep the bench is overall. and then we are waiting and see this this Kansas story might not even be done. There's a lot of stuff happening with this parish. We're we'll wait and see on another freshman to be top 10 prospect 20 uh, in this, in this year, in this class, 2023, Mackenzie um, McKenzie Mbacco, who was a Duke commit. He has decommitted. There's some smoke around the idea that he might go to Kansas. I don't know if the Dickinson commitment affects that or not. I don't know, but if he does, it's certainly, it certainly bolsters Kansas's credentials to be the number one team. We'll wait and see on that. And then, oh, by the way, I don't know how much this will impact or not the prospectus of this, of this program, but, um, Kansas is still waiting for, it's still waiting for, and this will come in the next few months. Here, uh, it's it's judgments in its you know IARP case dating back you know to the FBI investigation. Now, self did sit games last season. We'll see how long, if any, there's a susp- suspension there. We'll see if there's any kind of postseason ban. There, that people are now believing that won't happen because it hasn't happened with other schools. So that might not even be a factor at all. But there's still like. There's more to be told about the off season story of Kansas basketball. It's a big day, huge day for Jayhawks fans. I would stop short of putting this team. Number one overall. Have you decided as we get this podcast rolling here, let me hand the ball back over to you. Have you decided what you're going to do with this team yet?
1: I have not. Um, the commitment comes like maybe 10 minutes before I'm starting my other show. And I literally came straight from FedEx forum to here. Um, as I uh, texted uh, our our boss uh, Marcus Nelson and said, I'm coming home podcasting and then I will update the top 25 and one. I I don't know, um, but I, I will, I'll take a serious look at them at number one because uh, man on paper, it looks good. And when you add to it, Bill, that's the other thing it's Bill self. It's, it's what the roster says on paper plus bill self. Right. Um, like, okay, so some of Bill's best teams have been two-point guard teams, right? Now he's going to have that with Dewan Harris and Marco Jackson. Um, you get Nick Timberlake, I'm assuming, starting next to them. 6'4 guard, shot 41.6% from three on 6.7 attempts per game this past season at Towson. The big question is, okay, does it translate to the Big 12? Does it translate to the high major level? We'll see, but on paper – you know, you're you're adding a, a quality shooter in, in Nick Timberlake. And then a KJ Adams, Hunter Dickinson, front court. Um, you got a former McDonald's All American level guy in Arterio Morris coming off the bench. And like you noted, they could add McKenzie Mbaco. I think if they add McKenzie Mbaco, then let's go. I,
0: now I, we're ta- that, uh, I know. I think you. Now have we're talking. It, yeah, we're cooking with gas. If that happens, it's it's. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. How
2: about
1: this? About the safest team you could put at number one is Kansas. Because they're not going to bomb. They're not going to fall. It, fall. It, yeah. like they're, they're never not good. Literally never not good. So if you're looking for what, what contender for preseason number one is least likely to make me look silly, the answer is Kansas. Because they're, they're the most That's, reliable program in America.
0: Keep talking. I'm going to look up some. You're right, about they're never not good. I just want to check something. So keep rolling.
1: Yeah. So uh, I think the roster as constructed today is worthy of consideration. If you were to add McKenzie and Baco, I'm probably ready to go there all the way to the top. Oh, should be noted. Kevin McCullough can still come back and hasn't said that he is isn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, most people seem to be operating under the assumption he's going to remain in the NBA draft. He is a projected second-round pick, but he does have a year of eligibility, and he has, to this moment, my understanding, maintained his college eligibility. So you like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think the numbers work at some point. But if you could bring back McCuller and add Embaco, now it's easy. They got to be preseason number one. But I don't think that's a, a likely scenario.
0: Before we get to I can't let's see, I can't get your I can't find yours, so I'm gonna have to go off the AP, my man. Um the most disappointing Kansas team, before we get to like Dickinson and his stats and his fit overall, I do want to just reference back to what you just mentioned there, because it is interesting. And I do think, especially if they get in Baco, there's a strong case. So there's really only been and there's been some March letdowns, don't get me wrong. Kansas fans, I'm all too familiar with the fact that you've had plenty of teams seated very highly, not even make the second weekend before they got broke managed one year. They got Farouk Minesh's number one overall seed. Um, I think when that happened, they were the first number one overall seed to fail to make the Sweet 16, if memory serves correct, when they got Farouk Manesh back in... Uh, that was 2010, I think. Anyway, um, so in 2021, they get... Uh, they just get you know, sideswiped in the sec in the second round by USC, they get blitzed and one of the worst losses of self's career. They lose 85 51. That Kansas team was a three seed. That Kansas team finished 27th at Ken Palm. Um, That Kansas team did not win the big 12. In fact, it finished behind Baylor. That was COVID year uneven, but it was, it was five losses behind Baylor in the standings going into that season. Kansas didn't receive any first place votes. It was six in the AP poll. So I'll say, you know, we could, if I really could, you know, d- dive deep on this GP, I would say you probably had Kansas anywhere from three to eight preseason. So that's the only example. And it is a recent example, but it's the only real example of a Kansas team not living up to preseason expectations in, in a reasonable way, you know they were at twenty. For Kansas to finish twenty seventh at Ken Palm is is a definition of an anomaly. I mean, I'll I'll read you right now in the Bill Self era, starting most recently. Here we go. Ready nine three twenty seven one seventeen nine six three twelve seven eight four three two fourteen one five eight eleven eighteen. All right, it's outrageous consistency. If you follow college basketball, you are extremely aware of how outrageously impressive Bill Self's run has been at Kansas. So you are much safer betting with him to, if we're going to put him preseason one, two, three or whatever they should, when we get, when everything settles barring, you know, catastrophic injury stuff or any outside factors that we aren't accounting for here. Like Kansas should finish as a top 10 team next season. That's if things don't even go all the way right. Right. So I think it has to be top five. And I think your assessment is reasonable there. Remind listeners and viewers right now, if they have lost track, though, where do you have Kansas before you make this adjustment? So where are they in your rankings? And who do you have number one as we have curled into the first week of May?
1: Right now, I have UConn number one that is based on Andre Jackson coming back. If he doesn't, I'll move them. But right now, I'm projecting him back. I've got Purdue at two. Marquette at three, Duke at four, Florida Atlantic at five, Alabama at six. I've already got Kansas at seven before they add Hunter Dickinson. Mm-hmm. A- and that, that projection, I believe, is also from... When did they officially add Nick Timberlake? When did he commit?
0: I want to say that was a couple of weeks ago. I think. It might have reason. taken that into account then. But, yeah. like, yeah, I've got Kansas at
1: seven already. So I can... I'll have them in the top five, and I will seriously consider them for number one. You're not going to look look stupid putting Kansas number one. People might call you stupid when you do it today, but you're not going to look stupid putting Kansas at one. They're always good.
0: It's viable, without a doubt. Um okay so that's the starting lineup. Dickinson, here's Dickinson's numbers real quick on this because I do I just want to briefly debate um where he stands in the and ov- just the uh, overall landscape of all this. So he averaged 18 and a half points, nine boards, shot 56% from the field, 41% from three, 73% from the line. Average, you know, close to a shot and a half from beyond the arc. We'll see if that number ticks up next year. He has two years of eligibility left. Uh, He was a first-team All-League selection by Big Ten Media. He was second-team in the eyes of the coaches last season. He's played 94 games in his career, and his career numbers overall are 17 points, 8.4 rebounds, a block and a half a game, and a 57% shooter. So the numbers are certainly there. Um, I don't Necessarily disagree with him being ranked number one in the portal. That's a near unanimous uh, position from people that do this. Uh, both two four seven Sports, our own David Cobb, and others around the sport have have identified him, and I think that makes a lot of sense. What I'll be interested interested to see is is do we think do we think that Dickinson will actually be the most productive transfer? You know, I, I don't know if that will necessarily be the case there have been some bigs who have who have succeeded under self and we'll wait and see if that is the case i did pull the past two years um of top 10 transfers heading into a season so last year this is cobb's list he had kendrick davis who was tremendous and he was certainly uh among the three best transfers in the entire country and then he had nigel pack tyrese hunter isaiah mosley kevin mcculler Terrence Shannon Jr., Janai Broom, Brandon Murray, K.J. Williams, and Malachi Smith. Now, those were not the 10 best transfers last season. Kendrick Davis was the only player in that group that actually made... We introduced our all-transfer team for the first time uh, most recently, and I think the plan is to do that annually going forward. So we'll just wait and see. Now, the year before, I pulled from our buddy Jeff Borzello. He, an order, in 2021... You had Marcus Carr, who was not the best transfer that season. Remy Martin, no. Walker Kessler turned himself into a nice draft pick. He was actually, he was right there. Uh, Timmy Allen, <laughs> it's all Texas guys. <laughs> Trey Mitchell, like, this is outrageous. Uh, Adam Miller, Garrison Brooks, Oscar Sheebway who went on to win National Player of the Year, was eighth on that list. Kevin O'Banner and Dawson Garcia. I bring up these past two years and those top 10 players heading in from two different very, very good writers covering the sport, just to say, keep it in mind that Hunter Dickinson could wind up being the third best, the seventh best, the 10th best transfer in the country next season. He does not need to be number one. He's ranked number one. And with good reason, he doesn't need to be number one. He might not be number one. And for Kansas to be at its best, maybe it's best if he isn't the most productive guy, because I think for Adams to thrive, and especially if you get in Baco, but El Marco Jackson, the balance of all that. Keep that in mind. Dickinson's been good. He can certainly get better. I'll be interested to see how his game grows And if he truly does benefit from a change of scenery, there's obviously the potential that even if you go to a great program and go and play for a great coach, like there's no guarantee that Hunter Dickinson is a top 15 player in the country next season. I think he'll be ranked in our top 15 players when we do that list in the preseason GP. But I'm interested to see how this big change for him affects his game one way or the other, or maybe he just remains flat overall. I find it to be a very intriguing move.
2: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um,
1: respectfully, I am not a subscriber of the to the uh, Hunter Dickinson podcast. So uh, if he said it, I don't know. I asked this from an honest place. Has he explained in any detail why he left Michigan?
0: Uh, we have not. As far as I can tell, GP, and trust me, I have not been... Absolutely in lockstep with everything Hunter Dickinson related, although it has been it has been provided like NBA light melodrama over the past you know week or so as we waited for this. I don't think so. He did put out late on Wednesday night, uh, you know, a, a classic graphic. You know, uh, I've, I've enjoyed my time here. Thank you so much. I'll always. No, be that was the,
1: that. that was the classic. I'm sorry that happened to you
0: or whatever. What's the meme? Yeah. Like, I'm not reading all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. I saw,
1: I saw the graphic I and that. That. I said, I'm sorry that happened
0: I, for you or I'm happy though. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I saw the graphic and I was like, yeah, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. All <laughs> we that. already
0: knew it was that I actually did read through the whole thing just in case. I mean, it was, it was his back was turned. And so anytime you get a player that his back is turned on the graphic, you know, he's out of there. So I knew he was done, but I was like, let me read this just in case. And so, um, we haven't gotten the full story. It, it is, you know, be interesting to see if he does really disclose why, because um, you know he's leaving a place where, you know, Jawan Howard for not only was he a great big man and a great big man at that school, but he rightfully developed a reputation as a really good coach and a coach of big men. And Hunter Dickinson is has decided that it is better for his personal journey to go somewhere else. Now he's going to Kansas. And I think that it could have some success there, but I don't have the details on that. And I don't, uh, I, I understand why I picked Kansas. I I'm of the belief that had Maryland been in the ACC, I almost think he would have gone back home. I think he didn't go to Maryland in part because he didn't want to have to face Michigan, which I understand it's completely oh, reasonable. You think he's a chicken. You think he's a chicken? Uh-huh. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but are you a chicken? But I do think it had a major factor. I think that was a major, major reason for that. I, I, I said that I thought he was going to go to Maryland. In fact, if you want, listen, we, this is really the only time it's going to happen. But if you want to listen to more of me and GP, we did get the band back together and did appear on a podcast together Wednesday. You will never hear Gary Parrish more buttoned up and less talkative ever. On a podcast than on the Field of 68 episode we did on Wednesday, which was a coaching carousel recap. You will enjoy it. You will enjoy it in large part because I drop all sorts of references to this podcast. And Jeff Goodman had no idea what was happening. So go and find it if you have not listened already. We did have some of our listeners infiltrate their live chat and we appreciate you very much. Um, I thought it was going to be Maryland, but I guess I underestimated... Dickinson, really, I think that was a major factor here. And Kansas does make sense. So don't don't get me wrong. It is, how these schools are each impacted, like I know Nova was really, really, really hoping that they could get them. Kentucky not getting them. Now there's some buzz, like, will Shibway return? Is that the best thing for Kentucky if Shibuy returns? I would say obviously it is. But, you know, they got a whole new roster coming in. It's super, super intriguing. That's for sure.
1: Um, I was just interested in, like, if he had ever – explained in detail why he decided he didn't want to finish his career at Michigan, because I don't want to overstate it, but he was on track to maybe be like a retired number Jersey hanging in the Raptors type guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that you go back to Ann Arbor for the rest of your life for football weekends and people treat you like a God mm-hmm. and you, you give that up. You, you, you forfeit that when you do something like this, um, he had had a really nice and productive career there. He helped Michigan make uh, the Elite Eight as a freshman, the Sweet 16 as a sophomore. And then last season, they went to the NIT, which was kind of wild. Michigan had two projected first round NBA draft picks Kobe Buffkin, Jet Howard, and Hunter
0: Dickinson. <laughs> two projected first round draft picks Kobe and Hunter Dickinson. And jumping in the first round, we'll get to that more in the draft. No, you're not wrong, though. But like, it's, yeah, yeah. keep going. Yeah, so they,
1: but they finished eighteen and sixteen overall, eleven and nine in the Big Ten. Lost to Vanderbilt second round of the NIT. So this was just interesting. I was diving into the numbers a little bit. Maybe this is why I left. <laughs> As a sophomore, when Hunter Dickinson was on the court, he took twenty eight point seven percent of Michigan shots. Obviously, led the team. As a junior, that number went down slightly, but down. In part because Jed Howard took twenty five point one percent of Michigan shots while he was on the court in Hunter Dickinson's sophomore year. Nobody else on the team took more than 19.9% of Michigan shots while on the court in his junior year, Jed Howard, 25.1 Bufkin was at 21.7. So Dickinson had his role as a scorer, as an option, as a score decrease just a little bit. Minutes per game went up, shots per game went down. All Americans are sometimes bothered by such developments. So just take that for whatever it's worth. It's something I just noticed in the numbers. Your shots go down because the coach's son's shots are way, way up there, almost even with you.
0: I think that might, obviously, some of these things have to play a factor, right? And I think that that being part of it is something now. <laughs> Chad Howard is now off to the NBA as first reported and projected on this podcast, by the way, never forget that. Um, But here we are, man. Um, It'd be interesting to see these track, these teams. Like I never thought Georgetown, there was never really any momentum around Georgetown, uh, but Villanova, Maryland, Kentucky, the schools that lost out on this race to get Dickinson, we'll see like Kansas wins right now and Kansas wins almost always, but check in in mid January and just see where these schools are and, and, and how they're doing, uh, having run their own races and, and lost it. And this is a, this is a high profile portal guy. And, you know, we only get like really a couple of these a year that, that, that really even separate themselves from the rest of the pack. And, and now, uh, Dickinson at Kansas is, is going to be among the most prominent storylines, obviously, heading into, into the season.
1: All right. So when we get done with this, I will dive into the top 25 and one. So if you are curious to know where I will put the Jayhawks, uh, give, me, give me about 90 minutes and I'll have it published. For now, let's move on. Norlander spent part of this week grading coaching hires from the year 2019. Yeah, baby. We'll get into that
2: next, but first a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an
1: exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous
2: tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.
1: So Norlander has spent part of this week uh, looking back at the coaches who were hired in 2019 and assigning them grades on how they've done. I'll let you take it from there. Here's my question. Yeah, the best coach run us through the notable hires of 2019
0: and then tell us who's done the best from your perspective. I will. But before we do that one, uh, this is now the seventh year I've done this. Do you like my premise? My premise is I understand why people want to read grades and we want to give grades, but I have an issue with grading someone before literally any work is submitted. And so, uh, I thought this was back, I guess I started in 2016. I thought, why don't we? And at the time it was, let's give them one full recruiting cycle. (laughs) Those don't exist anymore to this level. But regardless, it was like, why don't we wait actually three or four years, have them build up an actual resume, multiple seasons, see what they do. And then, yeah, we circle back and we say, oh, by the way, remember when these guys got hired? Here's how they should be graded. What do you think of my my system and thought process here? Fair? It's a perfectly reasonable off-season project. I approve. Thumbs up. I agree. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, Nada's got it up on the screen right now, um, including a, a nice little autoplay video out there. There we go. CBS Sports HQ. Watch if you are not already. All right. Have you looked at? Be- Don't scroll down, Nada. Before I get into them, have you looked at any of these grades? I have. I've looked okay, at all so of I, them. I can't, so I can't quiz you on the grades. So I won't do that. I'll just take the no. viewers and listeners through this. Here were I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the guys that were hired, and then I'll give you the grades. So 2019 was a big year. Now 2020. When I got to do this a year from now, trivia time, Steve Forbes, correct? He's the only power conference coach hired in the year 2020. I don't know what I'm doing next year on this.
1: I don't know what, <laughs> what I'm doing. All, you will just grade Forbes and call it a
0: day. I, 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 that's, 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 that's quick work for me. I can't wait for that one. Um, 2019 was big. It was a very, very busy year. So here were the guys hired in the power conferences. Nate Oates went to Alabama. This is in order uh, alphabetical order for school. Alabama got Oats. Arkansas hired Muss. BYU, I'm calling it Power Conference because they're going to the Big Twelve. Uh, BYU hired Mark Pope. Cal hired Mark Fox. Cincinnati hired John Brannon. Michigan hired Juwan Howard. Nebraska hired Fred Hoiberg. Saint John's hired a man named Golden Gate Mike Anderson. Texas A&M hired Buzz Williams. UCLA hired Mick Cronin. Yes, this is the same cycle in 2019. UCLA hired Cronin, the greatest coach in program history. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt hired Jerry Stackhouse. Virginia Tech hired Mike Young, and Wazoo, uh, up there in the Palouse, hired Kyle Smith. My, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Bad news first, and there are a few other mid-major notables that I'll get to near the end. Worst hires by grade. Um, I go. I gave I gave Brandon a C minus. Now, he went 32 and 20. He won 60 percent of his games, but he got fired after year two. (laughs) Cincinnati fans think I should have given an F. He did win 60 percent of his games. Now, he did get pushed out and they tried they fired, tried to fire him for cause and take all his money. It ended terribly. But he did like win percentage wise, you know. Did win a decent amount of games, so I had to at least take that into account, GP. So he- I, I I would argue, and I like John brannon but I would argue if you get fired after two
1: years, you can't get a passing grade. So it's got to be an F. I mean, again, I like John brannon Wow, but an F no matter what. Okay, I didn't hand out a. If you get fired out. after two years, that's that's an that's an F grade.
0: I'm ha- I, It's hard for me to give you an F, and it's. Hard for me to give you an A. I'll go A minus, but it's hard for me. Uh, there have been very few A's since I started doing this. A minus, yes. I don't. Yeah, think I I'm just think broadly speaking, points.
1: take John Brandon out of it. I just think if you if you are a college basketball coach and you get fired after yes. two years, something went terribly wrong.
0: Okay, that's you know what that's fair. I, I I cannot and will not change the grade now. I will take that into account moving forward. I don't dismiss the opinion of Cincinnati fans. Um, year I I just year one went reasonably well enough that I wanted to at least account for that before it all went bad. Um, There were some, there were some bad ones. Uh, Mark Fox D minus. I didn't give him an F. He did last four years, 38 and 87 though, just went three and 29, the worst season in school history. He's a D minus, which I would not have thought upon his hiring, but there we go. I gave Fred Hoiberg a D plus. And I think, I think that's pretty fair. Now, the reason why is, to this point, right now, Fred Hoiberg is eighteen and sixty-one in the Big Ten. He's forty and eighty-three overall. Now he just came off a decent season, but I can't, I can't go much higher than that. like it's not a it's not a great job, but those are the three worst from that cycle in my opinion. Hoiberg, Brannon, Mark Fox. Any thoughts?
1: Well, Hoyberg still employed, so I'd put yeah. him higher on whatever list uh, yeah. than, than the other two. And I'm with you on, on Foxy. I, I thought like he was, he was rock solid for a pretty long time at Georgia, like never, it never really got too far off the ground, but he was pretty solid there. And I thought he, he was one of those guys who was maybe nearly immune to having terrible teams, but that thing at cow just, it just, it did not go well at all. Um, so sure. I, I, I imagine that, that grade is, is, is fair. Um, at the, at the tip top, mm-hmm. who, who did you give Mick Cronin the highest grade? He of, was tied. So money. I
0: gave, I gave Muss and Cronin a minuses. Now Muss gets an a minus because he's made two elite eights in a sweet 16. Didn't go to, uh, didn't have a tournament team all four. Years obviously there was no tournament in nineteen twenty but we you know we played most of the season and we you know there were projections and all that, um and you know he was like the ninth seed in the SEC tournament this past season. I understand w- w- why factors played into that as well. He's done a really good job. Must a minus I think is fair. Cronin also a minus uh, made a final four but had to squeak into the tournament. He just the thing is like I thought about giving Cronin a he ju- did just win a pack like he's won one league tournament. But I feel like if you if you had a He's had a tournament level team all four years, but you know maybe more than one league tournament would have been worth an A. He's gone ninety nine and thirty six. That's really really good. Obviously fifty seven and nineteen in Pac twelve play. Um, something that I did account for. Not that it's if you don't do this, it should be uh, a demerit against you. But he also like hasn't had guys transfer out the past two seasons for the most part. And that's kind of speaks to the culture you have and the coach you are. And it's been a, it's been a big time thing. So essentially I had Cronin and Musselman tie. If you made me pick, I would say Cronin has been the best hire of the cycle. Obviously you agree. I, I think I, he's made a final four. I think you have to agree. Like he got there. Now he got there from the first four. They almost missed the tournament, but he did get there. Yeah, let's let the final four be
1: the tiebreaker then. But I would throw I would throw Nate Oates into the same
0: class as Musson and,
1: and, I would and Cronin. Why?
0: Uh, Nate Oates has underperformed versus his seed more than the other two. And I did take into account the PR disaster and his mishandling of what happened this past season. To me, that actually mattered. So I gave Nate Oates a B-plus on balance. The Alabama Athletic Department cannot get out of its own way and it just fired Ooh. its baseball coach. Go feel free to Google that story as well. I mean, it really is one thing after another with that school. Oates has done a good job overall, but uh, you know, I think it should be a mark against him. And, and part of this was influenced by, and you referenced this on the podcast as well, like we heard from a lot of, like, I understand why coaches are not going to go public with it. I get this, but we heard from a lot of coaches who were like what the hell is going on down there and what is Nate doing? So uh, his reputation understandably has taken a bit of a ding. I had to take that into account in addition to everything else and there's been plenty of good. I mean, I've written I've written Features on NATO's prior to all this and what he was doing to, to change over the Alabama, Alabama program. No doubt about it. He's 92 and 41. So his win percentage is slightly better than muss. It is not as good as Cronin's 49 and 23 in the sec, um, had an NCAA tournament level team three of the four years, but you know, had a one seed, didn't make an elite eight, had a two seed lost to the UCLA team. Didn't, didn't break through, um, deep into the tournament there. So there have been some NCAA tournament letdowns, and that's why I went B+.
1: Totally reasonable. I, I, I should clarify. I would put Nate Oates in the Cronin-Muss category strictly from a basketball perspective. If we start taking other things into account, like the Brandon Miller situation, absolutely, that was a mishandled public relations nightmare. And if you want to document grade for that, um, no complaint from
0: me. All right, let's do two more here. Uh, I gave Buzz Williams a B. Buzz right now is is seventy six and forty seven. That's sixty two percent of his games he's won. He as I as I put in the piece, he's kind of quietly done a, a good job. He's finished six or better in three of his four seasons in the SEC at Texas A and M. That's 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 a really a really solid job. Now. He just made the, he only made, I couldn't go above a B because he did only make, you know, the tournament once. So, and he did do it this year. Now he just narrowly missed last year, but he, but he missed it. Um, Overall, I think he's done, he's done well. He is sub 500 in the SEC. He's 36 and 38. So a B felt like the fairest thing. I think he's doing, I think he's doing well there. And then, you know, kind of bringing it full circle. I gave Juwan Howard a B as well. 79 and 48. That equates to a 6-2-2 win percentage. He's had two NCAA tournament teams uh, that were that were you know one and 21. I mean, it was a one seed and, and came a play away from making the final four uh, in Dickinson's freshman season. Um, so that was good. They overperformed uh, last year uh, versus their seed expectation, but it's been bookended by you know some letdowns. He's 46 and 31 overall in the Big Ten. Um, his son is a one and done going to be uh, an NBA pick. You know, Kobe Buffkin is on his way to being picked and potentially in the first round as well. Um, And, you know, he, he helped elevate Dickinson's game, but now that that feels a little bit more like the jury's out in terms of what was there was not there. And then in a different way, but you know, if I'm going to dock oats, I had to, I don't know if it wound up really docking him that much. I don't know if he would have been a B plus if this had never happened, but you know, he was involved in a high profile, major embarrassing incident with wisconsin that became the story of i don't know if the week but for a solid 72 hours in the sports cycle juan howard going after joe krabenhoff and getting into greg Gard's face uh was a negative impact on that program he served a suspension that lasted through the end of the regular season and so that still has a little bit of staying power with him so buzz and howard i gave both those guys peace
1: that's fine um I think Juwan's largely been good there. I know some folks have soured on him because of the incident uh, in the handshake line with Wisconsin and this past season, obviously disappointing, but I I still think generally speaking, he's done a good job at Michigan,
0: Michigan. How about this? Let me phrase it this way. Michigan loses John B line to the Cavs. Yeah, that was four years ago, people. And, we fast forward four years and we say, well, just, where's, where's Michigan basketball right now after losing line? And I think if you really take everything, put it on the table, you say, you know what? It could be a little bit better. It certainly could be worse. We take it as we have it right now. And I think they need to be satisfied. I think that they, uh, I think a B is fair. And that was, I mean, that was a big, it was 2019 was a Big year, man. And as we do this, I'll kind of spin it forward on you, heading into next season. Oates has job security. Must has job security. Pope has job security, even though he's coming off his worst season. We'll see how BYU adapts to the Big 12. Cal is uh, Mark Fox has gone at Cal. Brandon's gone at Cincinnati. Howard has job security. Hoyberg isn't entering a hot seat season. Golden Gate Mike four years and done, obviously. Williams has job security. Cronin has job security. Stackhouse does have job security. I, I gave him a C. Um, you know, there's, there's always a little bit of noise around there, but he does have, uh, you know, he signed a new contract a year ago and his buyout is pretty significant. Um, so I, I don't even know if he's true. I don't think he's entering a hot seat season. Mike Young has a solid amount of job security. I gave him a B minus and Kyle Smith, because that job is so difficult you know, Obviously, if, if one of these coaches winds up winning 11 games, which I don't think is going to happen, then the, the factors can change. But really, Hoyberg is the only one in that group that enters next season, I think, uh, in a fair hot seat situation. Um, and then real quick on the mid-majors, and we can get out of here. We can make this a shorter pod. It was, a good, it was a good year that year uh, on the mid-major ranks. Dustin Kearns has App State like in one of its best four-year runs ever. Casey Alexander, even though Belmont has not made NCAA tournaments with regularity, you look, go look at the record. like He's continued to win, dare I say it, at near Rick Bird levels, and that's no easy feat. Dennis Gates went to Cleveland State that year. He's now at Mizzou. Uh, Rob Lanier went to Georgia State. He's now at SMU. Amir Abdurrahim was hired at Kennesaw State. Bone! hootie you? Hootie-hoo! Do what does it stand for? God. This um, is your acronym. Build. Yes. Build. Organize. Yes. yes. Ends uh, the best one. Nourish. That's right. Gotta stay nourished. And electrify. That's right. Bone. who hoo who. Uh Danny Sprinkle went to Montana State. He's now at Utah State. Darren Horn went to Northern Kentucky. Still doing well there. Jeff Bowles has done a good job at Ohio, taking them to the tournament. Todd Golden went to San Francisco. He's now at Florida Eric Henderson went to South Dakota state and Mark Madsen went to Utah Valley. He's now at Cal. So a lot of those mid-major hires four years ago, those guys have already scooted on up to the power conference ranks. It was a big year and uh, you're right. It's it's a good way to to fill the content void in the off season. I have fun doing this each year, looking back and kind of just, you know, maybe pushing back ever so slightly against the hot take culture that's out there a lot. Why not just let things play out naturally and then try and assess grades as fair as possible and, uh, appreciate, uh, you indulging me on that. If you're interested in the piece, we will link it in the pod description.
1: And you can also find it right now at CBS I got to go ring some basketball teams. Let's get out of here. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for watching, listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, leave a nice rating, leave yep. a nice review. There's more of us than there are of them. I was. And gonna, oh, by the way, okay, you're okay. going to love okay. this.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: What so I'm got? reading a story about Jackson Mahomes. You know that fella?
0: I do, but I got to be honest. I, I am completely ignorant to anything that he is doing. I know that he is a, a bit of a sideshow to Patrick, but I don't. If, if it, whatever happened, I don't know what happened.
1: Okay. He got arrested and charged with sexual battery for forcibly kissing a woman in a bar. And there's video of it. And it looks like he is doing exactly what he's accused of doing. So I'm reading about this and I get to a partner. It says Jackson Mahomes attorney released a statement. It read as follows. And then it, it, the whole statement. And then it said, the attorney, Brandon Davies, Stop.
0: Brandon Davies is representing Jackson let's Mahomes. Clear, let's be clear. Not the same. I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Brandon Davies has been earning a paycheck playing overseas ball like as recently as a couple months ago. Imagine getting suspended from college for doing it before marriage
1: and then you end up representing Jackson Mahomes forcibly kissing women. Life comes full circle.
0: That would be an ironic plot twist. Um, before you Life got into the Jackson Mahomes, I was just going to shout out my lovely wife. Ten years ago today, oh. ten years ago today, we got married. Ten years ago today, Gary Parrish said, F your wedding. I'm not coming up to Connecticut. I didn't yeah. I didn't put it quite like that. That's not the way I said that.
1: That's didn't a not say, of say a point, like that. Man.
0: Hell of a point. My 20 year is this year. Look at this. I get, I get 30 seconds in. This guy's got to one up me. My 20. Well, good for your 10, but uh, just so you know, I'm celebrating 20. When is it? When is it? Like, you want the date? Do you know you're 20? Yeah, actually, I think I do. And I think your wife does now. What? You don't know what date? July 24th. Okay, there you go. July 24th.
1: 20 years. It's 20 years
0: this
1: year. 20 years this year. And yet, I already. Yes. We yes. already have a 20-year-old son. You want to know how that happened? There's
0: more of us. Premarital sex. Premarital sex. I also, I listen, I. my parents celebrated 42 years of wedded bliss in February. I will turn, and boy, do I hate this. Good God. I will turn 42 later this month. They got married in February of 81. I was born in May of 81. Bree,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were doing it. They were doing it before marriage, too.
0: <laughs> that is, that is, yes. I mean, come on. That's why we were born. We were made to do this podcast together. But shouts to my wife. Ten years. It does kind of go by in a flash. And uh, you get, are you going to do, Get my wife and I decided we're going to do this big Iceland trip later this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you know we just I, I, we're going to i'm going to get a new updated wedding band like we're not doing gifts though i don't feel like we need to right i don't know, I don't know. is that a thing like do you- we we do, we do anniversary trips not anniversary gifts yeah that's i think i think that's the way to do it you know We'll go out. We're actually going to go out to. We're going to drive down. I don't really need to give people a whole scouting report, but we got married in Stamford, Connecticut, which is where CBS Sports HQ is based. And we are tonight going to do our 10 year anniversary dinner at the same place where we held our rehearsal dinner, and we're going to go back to where I proposed and did all that kind of stuff. So it's a it's a cool day, you know. And thank and then you. And are going to do it. Doing this by you're the you're F- going to pop in the studio and do a hit on Hunter Dickinson. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, those places are not right next to each other. But my appreciation. 200 Dickinson for committing this morning. Because I tell you what, if this thing happened at 3.30 in the afternoon, see ya. (laughs) Nope. Not gonna happen. That would have been a podcast tomorrow or GP would have been flying solo at about 5 o'clock this evening. So thank you, Hunter, for getting that done.
1: Enjoy your anniversary night. And we'll talk to you guys again real soon. Till then, take care.